your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Limerick TG recently had a very scary experience when his car flipped on the M7 motorway and independent TD Richard O'Donoghue joins me on the line now to talk about that. Uh, good morning to you, Richard. Good morning, Joe. Uh, but before we get into that, just what are your thoughts on Ukraine? We heard some really emotional um, people at the vigil last night in uh, Limerick City, at, uh, outside City Hall, about it. And it just appears as though it's getting darker and darker by the day on the ground over there. It is, and I wouldn't like to have been in the position of any family member that has family members that are there. Um, I think everything uh, should be thrown at Russia for what they're doing. Um, I don't believe myself, I believe there's Russian people that don't, don't even believe what the Russian president is doing himself. Um, it, it, it's, it's beyond belief what greed is doing to uh, people's lives. Um, and I do believe the world will, will give their answer to Russia when they all unite and tell him no. Are we doing enough in Ireland? From the point of Ireland is supposed to be neutral, um, probably not. Uh, we need to put our full weight behind this. We cannot allow any one dictator do what this person is doing. Um, people want world peace. People want to get on with their lives and enjoy their lives. Uh, Ireland needs to do everything within their power to help the Ukrainian people. Um and, and make sure this comes to a conclusion very fast. And uh, Putin is, is, my own belief, he should be removed from where he is and his hierarchy, and they should be held very accountable for what they're doing. And the sooner that happens, the better. Mm. What about the Russian ambassador who's still in Dublin? I don't think his answers are, are, are good enough. I think, like everyone else, um, that has asked me to go home to Russia, I think he should go home as well and he should then point out to the to Putin to say, listen, mate, this isn't acceptable either. I don't uh, believe his his points are well made. If he's, if he's back in Russia and he's back in Putin, he should leave the country. Now, you're an employer as well yourself um, in West Limerick and clearly Ahana Shalumina is such an important company there mm. in Russian ownership. Uh, what are your views on that? Well... It's employing Irish people. Uh, it's keeping food on the table for Irish people. Um, the, I do believe the company themselves should feel some sanctions so they put pressure on the Russian government and let them know what is happening here. And if it's across the board, we have to make sure that all employers, uh, business owners from Russia, put the pressure back on Putin and let him know that this has to stop. So just to be clear then, so what you would call for in terms of Ahanish are limited sanctions? Limited sanctions to let him know that, give them guidelines to say that if they don't make their concerns known to Putin, that then that there should be further sanctions. But they need to back the Irish and the Ukrainians and everyone to say that Putin is doing wrong. And, and this is despite the fact that you are a TD for the constituency in question? Yeah. Yes, and, and, and do appreciate what, what the company is doing for the employees in this country. But we'd, at the point, they need to tell Russia it's wrong. And that's what I want them to do, is tell Russia it's wrong. What they're doing is wrong. 
and they need to back the Irish and back the rest of the the world and tell Putin that what he's doing is wrong. Okay. Uh, tell us then about um, this terrifying accident that you had. Um, you, you were on the M7 motorway, is that right? I was on the M7 motorway coming home uh, on the Thursday around half past one. Um, I had said, my son said to me, I've missed the last two birthday parties that come home to, to my 14th birthday party. And I was coming home, I said I'd be on time for his birthday party this time. And I ended up being a new HL for his birthday party. But we had it when I got home the following the following night. Um, it was a freak accident. I've been travelling up and down that road for the last two years, twice a week, every week. Um, just came down the road and a freak shower of hailstones had happened just, I suppose, about a minute before I got there. And it was lodged on the road. And I came onto it. Um, the conditions where I was driving were fine. And I just came straight onto um, hailstones lodged on the road. And the car just took off. I had, um, I, I'm a well experienced driver. I've been driving all my life since I've been a young fella. Since I nearly came out of the prime, I've been driving. But uh, I could not bring it back. I found the back of the car going. And I knew I was in trouble. Um, and there was nothing I could do. The car done a 360 on the road. Went across the two lanes onto the um, embankment at the other side and it flipped over and hit um, a concrete ledge underneath the bridge and flicked me back onto my four wheels. Um, tell you the truth, when I landed, I had my two arms locked onto the steering wheel and I laughed. I said, I can't believe, I can't say the course, I said, but I said, I'm alive. And I smiled, I said, I can't believe I'm alive. Until Joe, I looked out the driver's window. And I said to myself, oh my God, I want to get killed. Why? Yeah, I could see cars coming. And I said, oh my God, I'm going to get hit by a car. And because the car landed on its wheels and it was still running, I said, please move. It was, I wasn't as nicely vocal. Yeah, I understand. I, I understand. Yes, yeah, yeah. But but we, yeah. The car moved. I was at a forty-five degree angle, facing for Limerick, but I was out on the road, and the car moved, and I pushed it for the. It went to the bank, and I was happy that I was off the road. But I was so scared after landing that I was going to get killed after looking out I the window. I believe it. Right. Well, I tell you, Richard, someone was looking after you. I had a guardian angel. Um, my sisters uh, do, do laugh, said, Richard, how many lives have you got? <laughs> Your, she said, um, they said to me, but on the, I always carry, I say my mother's prayer every morning before I leave. I always do. Uh, or I'd, I say that I'm on the road to keep me safe and keep my family safe. I had my father-in-law, God rest him, and my brother Peter, God rest him. They're on the sun visor, on my sun visor. So when I open it, I look at them. They were definitely had their hands around me. Um, it was it. probably one of the worst experiences I've ever experienced in my life. And, and just before we get into you know what happened next, um, there does seem to be an issue on a certain stretch of the M7, doesn't there, in conditions yeah. similar to those that you have mentioned? Yeah, and I had somebody, and they told me somebody three years previous had died in that position, the place where I actually came off three years previous, but there's been a lot of accidents and the guardie that came out to me said 
that when a heavy shower of rain or a heavy shower of hailstones happens on the section of road from 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 there all the way down to Bird Hill, um, that they know they're going to get a call of there's something to do with the actual planning on the road. The, the fall is not good enough on the road. The TII have investigated this. They haven't brought out their full details of what's wrong with that section, but it seems to be only from from um, Boris, 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 down to Bird Hill seems to be the issue. The water's not getting off the road fast enough. Um, there's a problem with, with, um, with the surface, and it's been outlined for years upon years to the TII and still nothing has been done about it. But, but you remember when uh, that motorway was being constructed, there mm. were people in that area who were raising with those who were building it the dip and the water um, um, table and, and all of those things. And I remember having them on the show here and yeah. saying to them, look, you know, you're going to have to build this up much higher. And yeah. their view was it didn't happen. And it seems a lot of locals are not massively surprised by stories like yours now. They're not. And people that have sent, and I must thank everyone that has sent me good wishes and um, for this, but... A lot of the messages I got, Richard, you're not the first and you won't be the last in that stretch of road. And these are coming from people that travel this road themselves. Um, they're on the road as much as I am and even more. From truck drivers and everything, they told me that the water that lodges on that road does not come off fast enough compared to other motorways that they would be travelling. And the scene, seemingly it's the degree of the road that under the new guidelines now that the the pitch of a road has to be around 12 degrees. I think this is only a three, and it's only it only barely meets the guidelines that were there at that time. But we have to do something about it, uh, Joe. Um, mm. I'm aware directly then of a, a couple of accidents there myself um, yeah. and not to mention the other ones that you've uh, talked about and reported yeah. and your own situation we're talking to independent deputy Richard O'Donoghue who's a TD of course here in Limerick uh, so um, well first of all your seatbelt held you in place did it? It did um, I'm, I'm, I'm a sound believer of the safety belt. I wouldn't cross the road without wearing my safety belt. It's been a habit I got into many, many years ago. Um, now, it saved me um, when the car turned over and it, the car flipped more than... At, it actually went from one side and just went straight up onto the roof and, and drove in the roof and bounced back onto its four wheels from where I hit, but only for that safety belt and only for the strong car that I was driving, Joe, yeah. I would not be here today. I believe it. And and tell me, um, did you feel like you were injured at that moment when, when obviously, you got the car um, uh, out of oncoming traffic? Uh, no, I was I was shaking. My my hands took off. I didn't know what was wrong with them. They were jumping around the place. The adrenaline took over. Um, I, I actually rang... Um, the Gardee and I rang then a recovery truck they asked me did I need an ambulance and I said no I said I'm fine I said I don't need one um, I rang a recovery truck Tony O'Connor's and Chrome and I said Tony to his son Damien that I'd had an accident I said come get me because I'd have a lot of sensitive information that was in the car that was coming home and I wouldn't like the car to go anywhere in case any ah, yes, yes, I, I, I understand your point confidential information so, on that so, yeah. they, so they came and did that and the Gardee did come yes the Cardi came and I met a Tipperary guard and a Limerick guard and they, they said to me the dangers 
that that road has and that stretch of road, um, they weren't surprised. Mm. They were surprised that, that that I was standing up and and moving, but they weren't surprised. They said, you're very lucky. What about a person that would have landed on their roof and stayed on their roof? Right, yes, They would have been in a... a, a and I, I'm so thankful that I, I managed to get off the oh, road. Well, could you imagine, I mean, not only yourself, but also lots of other people. I mean, it could, oh, have, been a, it could have been a nightmare situation. But, Absolutely. But, but surely you ended up going to the hospital at some stage. I did. I when, when the recovery vehicle came, I said to them, I said, I'm going home with you. And I said I wanted the car to be taken to my own house uh, and put there for safety. And my wife was waiting for me when I got home. Now I was starting to stiffen up when I got there and rang my doctor and my doctor sent me to St. John's and I went to St. John's and they wouldn't assess me because the doctor had wrote in the left to say that the car had overturned and they said they couldn't assess me there that I needed uh, scans. So they referred me to the regional um, to HL. And I, I turned up at UHL and I went into the waiting room and I sat down and I gave my details. And um, because if you're in an accident and you have suspected uh, back and neck injuries or like that, they want to make sure that you're, they, they promptly go and try and get you um, a scan or an extra. So I was called in and they assessed me. And once they assessed me, they said to me I had to go flat down on a trolley because I had fierce pain around my ribs and back and my neck area and they said lie down. So I laid down and they sent me down to the extra room um, and a while later I was x-rayed and then they sent me for a CT scan and while I was waiting for the CT scan I was on the trolley. But Joe, I've seen firsthand in that hospital Inside the door, so I was in there for 24 hours. Um, they're not walking around inside that, they're running. Um, the situation of trolleys in there is absolutely scandalous. I was in section A, B, and C. I don't understand the minister was down there two weeks ago and he came to the hospital and he said that he didn't see as many trolleys as uh, that I saw, but I was there overnight. Uh, I saw everything uh, first-hand myself. My own trolley was moved two or three times for them to access machines to try and get to other people. Um, and the conditions that they're working inside there and the space that they have to work in there is absolutely... It, it's off the wall. I spoke to nurses in there. They're leaving the A&E after many years because they said it hasn't improved. Our population is rising. The reconfiguration of the hospital has not worked. There is only one answer to this. Open the A&Es in Ennis and Hina. Disperse some of the patients there for their care that they need to get there because it's not safe inside in the hospital from a point of view of patients. Can I just ask you about your your own treatment you found very good, I presume, if I understand what you're saying correctly. I did because of the situation when you come in, that you, you come in and they assess you on your injuries when you come in um, and as I said there's motor accidents there, there, uh, no matter what motor accidents you have they have to get you in and get you assessed to see if there's any um, spinal injuries or anything like that that they have to get you assessed and there's different grades and I couldn't fault any of the staff uh, nurses or doctors 
or even the port of the, and everyone that was inside there. They, they were all moving. But the situation. But but so you were in there for twenty four hours. Did you get the all clear? I got uh, nothing broken, thank God. Uh, but they said I will be very stiff and sore. Uh, they said that they couldn't understand why with the tumble that I got. Um, but I am sore. Um, I, and as the days go on, there's aches and pains coming that I never knew where, where I had aches before. I know, yeah. But I'm upstanding. I'm back out on the road. I go for an hour or two and come back in again. But and, and, and I'm Richard, back going. I, I, you know, and this is a genuine question. When you have something like that happen to you and you survive it, and, and as you've outlined it there, you may not have survived it. What impact does it have on your perspective or your view of life or, or whatever? Huge. And it's more so now. At the time the adrenaline takes over, you get into hospital and you want to get out of hospital and you're being the big man, they get me out of here and I want to go home and I'm fine and there's no problem, let me out. But now, Joe, two or three days later, I feel it. I feel it when I come to the office, I feel it when I was at home, my wife and my kids and the, my grandchild, now I feel it. I feel, I can't believe it now that I was so lucky and my own family, can't believe I was so lucky, uh, and I'm thankful to God that I am here today to to enjoy my family and do what I, I like doing best is trying to help people. But it puts everything back in perspective. I believe it. All right, Richard. Well, listen. Thank you for telling us that extraordinary story, and um, uh, I'm very pleased that you're in a position to talk to us about it this morning. And unusually for a politician, you're probably very pleased to be able to talk to me this morning. <laughs> I'm very pleased to talk to you, Joe. But I will say one thing for for the people out there: I cannot thank the people and the friends that have offered me even to get a car at the moment to get me on the road to get me going again, and the people that came along with the family support. There's no place like home. They're, they're absolutely, people in, in Limerick and around the country are absolutely brilliant. When people are down, they rally around you. All right. Okay, Richard, take care of yourself and, and thank you very much for telling us um, about uh, really that terribly traumatic experience uh, for you. Uh, that is Deputy Richard O'Donoghue, uh, Independent TD in Limerick. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.